Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Uh, it's kind of nice to get a three-day weekend here and there to sneak one out, so to speak, where you try to turn down the phone, turn down the internet. Enjoy a little life on this big blue planet. Heading into the market, um, heading into Labor Day, the markets were dealing with obviously a holiday weekend, trying to position a little bit before the new quarter, September um, month. I guess it's the right way of saying it. We're kind of moving into that holiday season now with the Labor Day holiday over. And we all know that Thanksgiving and Christmas, they start marketing much, much sooner than ever before. Halloween, there's got to be goods already out, right? So we got a little festive. President Trump does his tweets, right? Um, he announced a delay in the increased tariff set for September 1. No, 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 no. So now we're dealing with um, some new drama, some real tariffs out there again. And the tweets that came weren't very holiday and or festive coming after that. Basically saying, if China's betting that I don't get elected, well, they better not hope that they're wrong. Something like that. And you're like, well, that's not exactly how, shall we say, playing nice. You're actually taunting them and rubbing it in. So U.S. and China are finding it challenging to schedule a face-to-face in September for the trade issues. China's Vice President Liu, he reiterated the view that he hopes China and the U.S. can pursue common ground and resolve the trade issue with mutual respect. Okay, okay. U.K.'s Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he's threatening to call for a snap election October 14th if members of Parliament succeed in advancing legislation this week that blocks a no-deal Brexit on October 31st. Oh boy, the drama's ratcheting up. I'm already tired of that drama. That seems to have been going on a little bit too long. And it seems to be a he loves me, he loves me not kind of drama. So it's not even interesting. South Korea showed lack of inflation on the consumer side. Um, which is pretty low for South Korea. Typically you would say that no inflation's good. But I tend to say I want a little bit of inflation. I want the middleman and the, the, the lower income man make up a little bit of money in higher prices. So meteorologists are in the news with the path of Hurricane Dorian. It's kind of like one of the most boring hurricanes of all time. It was like, oh, it's going to crush Florida on Friday. Oh, it just sat in the uh, Bermuda for two days. Just sat there. As if saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hurricane in a bit. Give me a couple, but I got to go put some shoes on. 
But uh, they say Bermuda's not going to look pretty when the storm passes. But Hurricane Dorian, sad for CNN that it's only a Category 3 now instead of a Category 5. You know CNN's pulling for the we-need-to-be-pulling-people-out-of-houses video so people watch their, their network. I know, I know, you're saying that's sarcastic. <laughs> that's, you're dark, man. I am a little bit. Let's take a look at some of the top stories of the day. Trump pressures China to make deal soon. Warns that it's going to get tougher if he wins 2020. Dow drops 350. That's $300 bills. Boom. Basically on the U.S.-China trade tariffs taking effect. You got a slow-moving Hurricane Dorian pounding the Bahamas. Auto union workers overwhelmingly vote to authorize strikes at GM, Ford, Fiat, Chrysler. This could make for some interesting headlines. Could certainly boil up some investor year sentiment for 2020. UAW overwhelmingly voted to give union leaders authorization to strike during contract negotiations this year. With GM, Ford, and Fiat, about 96% of union members for each of the automakers supported the authorization for strike. Huh. A little bit of venom out there. Um, And what will they do to General Motors, Ford, and Fiat stock this year? It'll be contentious. And again, it'll be kind of a civil war. And you know what I feel about civil wars. No bottom wins. We both lose. Um, CNBC is reporting. Dow now has dropped 400 points. Trump pressing China to make a deal soon, or it'll get tougher. I don't think that's working, that kind of tactic. I know you're saying you don't have to whisper. People can hear you. But I don't think that kind of tactic is winning. Elsewhere in the news pipeline, Facebook said they're considering hiding like counts. I get it. I've got a friend, Andrew, who constantly posts online and it's just political dribble whether you like trump or hate trump i find it all dribble we're not going on facebook to hear your look how crazy this guy is or look how great he is we're looking for like life experiences that look cool and we want to embrace you not venom anyway facebook could soon follow in the footsteps of instagram by hiding public facing light counts now that has some pluses and minus Andrew, if he ever bothered to look, would see that like one person out of his 300 plus friends actually likes his content. He could change it. He could make it likable. Instagram began testing hiding the like button in May before rolling it out to more countries around the globe in July. One of the things that, you know, this could influence are the influencers. So if people start seeing that you're not being, how shall we say, liked, um, that's a lot going on out there at this point in time. So Instagram considered hiding the like button. I know you're saying, or Facebook is, and I know you're saying there's not a lot of good stories out there today. Rob, is there? That's about right. That's about right. September is usually a bad month for stocks. Get out your gloom and doom. Almanacs. September is a terrible time for stocks. September is awful. September is no bueno. It's whipsawed investors in August. Man, August was fun. We're going down. Nope, we're going up. 
So August, volatile month. Volatility, maybe it precedes corrections. Maybe volatility precedes pullbacks. Over the last 50 years, let's take a look. Come with me, says the cryptkeeper. The Dow has been positive just 36% of the time in September. So let's call that one in three. And the average decline during the month has been about 1%, nine-tenths of 1%. The next worst month is June. June gloom. So kind of like if you maybe... Um, the summer months are, are problematic, and leaving the summer months are problematic. So the summer months become a little bit more volatile. And September becomes a reason of, like, we tried to tell you there was volatility coming. So if you owned the SP 500 in September during every year, a $100 investment starting in 1969 would now be worth just $70. There's one month of the year where you'd be in with the right with that strategy. But the worst next month is one preceding it, September. Is August. I think it's really, really difficult to be a winner trying to time overly. But the stats, if you ever do try to do it, September, no bueno. They would be on your side, but doesn't mean they would play out that way. Consult a broker advisor for taking the action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. It's going to sound crazy. Don't beat me up. A little storm called Hurricane Dorian. Going to come with a big old price tag. Potential industry insured losses are going to range between five billion and forty billion. That was the initial cost. That was over the. That was on Friday. Now, as of Monday, the base case is twenty-five billion. Um, and basically, a lot of solvency risk. Seventy billion of natural catastrophe losses for two thousand nineteen is the expectation. That is going to be good for the economy because, trust me, a lot of money goes back to the economy for rebuilding stuff in Florida. I don't live in Florida. I don't swing a hammer in Florida. I don't work at a Lowe's in Florida. I'm not going to be getting the overtime. But it does help the economy, and it's, it, it makes you really scratch your head and go, hmm. Um, anytime there's a big event where you're talking about $70 billion, $25 billion, Little slots to ten billion. Anytime there's that liquidity event, and the insurance companies have to pay out, they lose a lot of cash fast, and then they replenish it through the years by raising prices. Typically, hurricanes are good for business. And I know you're saying, "Did I just hear that?" It's just like wars are typically good for business, where you can go, "But young soldiers died is bad for business, and people leave the country." I'm just saying the initial splurge of money. It's kind of like easy money. It's not kind of like Eddie money because Eddie money's dead. Rest in peace, Eddie money. Rest in peace. 800 1220 to each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, where you can talk about money, investing in more. Um, it's kind of interesting. Like, I was studying up on flood insurance because I just want to make sure there's no laws that changed from the last time I talked about it. 
And a lot of the reports that I read are saying things like snakes in North Carolina. Snakes! North Carolina's got a lot of poisonous snakes when floodwaters come into your home. So do the snakes and critters. Because they're like, hey, we've been living outside for a while. Let's go inside and see what this is all about. Oh, wow, these guys got KLTV. So one of the best important things you could do if you survive a hurricane is learn from it. Where were your insurance documents? Where were your important documents? Did you have cash? Did you have water? Did you have food? Um, that's the one of the best parts of watching CNN during the storm. And I know you're saying, please don't go there. I, I want you to stay on air for one more day. No, one of the best things is watching the people in Trailer Burger going, I'm just going to sit and watch this one out. Or wait this one out. And like, you're not going to have electricity in about 10 hours. There's going to be no TV. You're not going to sit and watch. You just didn't pray. Pray that it doesn't take off your roof. What are you, nuts? Um, so anyway, Hurricane Dorian in the news on costs. And ultimately, when they're big ones, that's when FEMA gets involved. And when FEMA gets involved, basically our tax money is getting involved. Now, of course, I could say the right thing and say, take care of yourself. Make sure you're emotionally okay. That's when you start, you know, figuring out what to do. But a lot of people never get emotionally okay. Anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 5G is right around the corner. Woohoo! Um, I had to get a new modem. I didn't have to get a new modem, as it turns out. I just, anyway, I got a new modem. And it's awesome. It's, it goes further distance. It penetrates walls. It's, it slices my bread. It wakes me up. It does everything. Only problem is the extender now wants kind of a, a, a new extender. I have a big property. I don't have that big of a property. But you still need it extended, I think. Someone's going to come up. No. Here's what you do. You put wireless hubs in your house that have retroactive regraders. Like, no, too much for me. So anyway, um, I'm looking forward to 5G. Where internet will find you wherever you are, essentially. In real time. Uh, 5G shipments will ship from 17 million this year to 130 million in 2020 and 327 million in 2021. The RF radio frequency chip is a big play in it. So 5G is going to deliver 10 to 40 times speeds faster than the current 4G LTE networks. Now I don't believe it. I never believe the claim, right? Show me. Don't don't tell me. Kind of thing. The semiconductor foundry's large size and advanced chip-making technology leadership, also known as Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, they tend to do well every time there's a big cycle of technology. Taiwan Semi, ticker symbol TSM, is a company that is playing a thematic drive. They're also in the business of, how shall we say, selling semiconductor equipment to anyone. It's kind of like, like, you know, I told you, in wars, it's good for investors, they're kind of the arms dealer, Taiwan Semi. And they're selling to companies like Broadcom. Another good idea for 5G. Consult a broker advisor for taking action. Any stocks I've mentioned on the show. Um, Ticker symbol is a Vongo, A-V-G-O. I know, it's one of those weird China companies bought a U.S. company, which bought another U.S. company. Uh, Broadcom's going to be a key beneficiary of 5G phones. They're supplying specialized processors for 5G front and back haul. Broadcom's going to supply chips to both Apple and Samsung for 5G phones, so they're going to win. They're going to be an arms dealer. Nobody loses. We both win. 
So, in theory, five cheese could be a winner winner. Don't miss out on your chicken dinner. Uh, one analyst has a $345 price target. Dollar price target. I hear the guy from Jeopardy's getting back into the swing of things. I know you're saying, why do you bring that up? Because we all die. Even Alex Trebek. Alex, I'll take the rapist for 500 That's therapist. That's therapist. Don't we all have some sort of cultural thing in our heads with uh, Jeopardy and Alex Trebek? I remember in seventh grade, you're going to say, please don't show me that you're sweet. In seventh grade, I used to bicycle to a friend's house who happened to be a female. Maybe it was eighth grade, summer of eighth grade, summer of seventh grade, right in there. Her name was Rachel H. And uh, we watched Jeopardy together at 11 o'clock. Maybe it was 10 o'clock back there on the East Coast, but I think it was 11 o'clock. I'd bike in the middle of the night during the summer to her house. The fact that I didn't get hit by a truck or a car is amazing, right? We'd spend 15 minutes talking before the show, 30 minutes watching the show, and then 15 minutes afterwards kind of breaking down life. Always wanted her to send me a note like, hey, I've had a crush on you since blah, blah, blah. But no, it was always like, hey, what is your friend Tom Tom doing? What's, what's your friend, um, what was his name? He had lots of hair. Uh, it was always horrible. But anyway, we watched a lot of Jeopardy together. So Alex Trebek is back. Um, 800-516-1220 calls on the air. The markets are not reacting well to new trade tariffs going into effect. And Trump tweeting up, oh, yeah, uh, you're not putting our back against the wall, China. We're putting your back against the wall. Uh, it never ends. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A little bit of anxiety-ridden August has turned into September. September is typically not a great month. I'll take pancreatic cancers for a hundred, Alex. What am I beating right now? I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. There's some pretty big negatives kind of rolling around out there today. U.S. manufacturing sector contracted in August. It's first decline in three years. Dow drops kind of a, a printable headline, 400. After extending losses, after uh, basically weak manufacturing data is tying in with the morning's realization that there's more tariffs kicking in right now this month. One of those months and months and months ago, Trump said, if you don't get a deal done, we're going to go higher tariffs in September. So here the higher tariffs are coming in. 10-year Treasury yield dove to a three-year low. Whoa. Speaking of my boy Trump and how he goes, whoa. And when I say my boy Trump, I should really clarify that and just say he's driving the headlines these days. Yield on the 10-year Treasury note fell its, to its lowest since July 2016 at 1.44%. Woo! Woo! getting kind of warm in here if you're expecting the economy to grow. It's kind of saying recession alert, recession alert, recession alert, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Wills were, yields were already under pressure and it's continued. So the new tariffs on imported Chinese goods began over the holiday weekend. The new 15% duty, which isn't that new because again, we talked about this months and months ago. It's gonna take, it basically took effect on Sunday. It's going to affect goods ranging from apparel and electronics to tools. 
Additional tariffs of 15% on things like smartphones, laptops, and other electronic goods are set to take effect on December 15th. So that's one of the things that's driving the markets today. It's worthy of note. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. What else do we have there for you today? Um, you're going to hear more and more. And I think I've done a really nice job of telling you that, yes, a recession is coming. No, we don't know if it's going to be second half of 2019, first half of 2020, second half of 2020, first half of 2021. We know it's coming. So that's out there. Um, the anxiety-ridden August typically makes us brace for a tough September. I'm not going to take that many days off, maybe half of them, maybe two-thirds of them, but not that many in the month of September. It's not like I'm trying to hide from the markets and only be a Pollyanna give you good news, right? Listen to this. Nearly 20% of Americans make a huge retirement mistake with their retirement savings. I look at the world as money. Whether it's the short, fat little guy who produces my television show. And where's he at in his career? Where's he at in his career now that all of the children have grown up? Um, pushing 40. Living in the Bay Area. Not cheap. You know, when you're producing morning news from 3 a.m. to 9 a.m., like that's not exactly the career milestone you were looking for when you're 18 years old and going off to college. But it's, it's a financial issue. Bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you, sir? I'm good, Rob. How are you? I'm sorry to join you a little bit late here. <laughs> it's all good. Um, schedules are being what they are, right? Um, I think I'm still but, in vacation mode. <laughs> good man. That's that's where I should be, and that's where you should be, because the month is starting off rough on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, down 350-plus points. What's this September starting all about to you? What are you making of this? Well, you know, I don't think really that there's a ton of surprise in the sense that, you know, there was some hope going into the weekend that there might be some concession um, over the weekend between China and the U.S. to sort of, you know, hold off on these new tariff uh, increases. And, and that, of course, did not happen. And so I think you're getting a little bit of this um, draining of optimism in that respect. And and then that's coupled with, you know, what we saw a uh, number of kind of issues around the world with, you know, relatively weak, you know, manufacturing PMI readings. Um, obviously, the protests continue in Hong Kong. They seem to have gotten, you know, uh, a little bit more violent in their nature. Um, you know, South Korea posting the, you know, its lowest re- uh, CPI change year over year on record. And so there's just kind of all these issues that are hanging out there, uh, one of which, of course, is Hurricane Dorian and its, uh, you know, potential impact. And so just not a lot of um, interest, if you will, a lot of buying conviction at the moment. And, and, and the, uh, the fact that we saw our own ISM manufacturing index go below 50 for the uh, first time in three, three years has just kind of accentuated this idea that the U.S. economy is in a slowdown mode. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence out there, including the car companies, the home builders just saying it's getting tougher. Confidence isn't there. Um, the 10-year Treasury is flashing a signal that it, a recession's coming. It dropped uh, below 1.5 this week already. Do you buy into the indicators and the economic data are telling us 
or you in the camp um, like I've, I've heard a cfp already go yeah but that means things could change and it's like oh just have an opinion <laughs> but go ahead well, I mean, they're all, yeah, there's enough indicators out there that are certainly, you know, drifting in a southerly direction, if you will, which, you know, at the least, I think, is going to uh, support this notion that you are going to get a, a slowdown in the U.S. economy. And and uh, and if they keep, you know, moving in that direction, then sure, you know, I think you can make a case that there's a recession, you know, uh, down the road here. Um, may not, you know, it's not going to be imminent, I don't think, you know, kind of draw your attention too to, you know, high yield spreads haven't necessarily blown out at the same time you hear it all, the talk about recession picking up. But you do have to respect the fact that copper prices are trending lower, oil prices are trending lower, um, the manufacturing PMI readings, not just in the U.S. now, but around the, the world, in Europe, Japan, China, they, they, they're they in below a uh, 50% area as well. And so, um, you know, the one linchpin, if if you will, continues to be the U.S. consumer. And that's why uh, any consumer-oriented data is really going to be important moving forward here, because if the market gains some sense that the U.S. consumer is rolling over, uh, then you could start to see some more uh, aggressive downside action in the stock market, because not only economic growth prospects, but earnings growth prospects are going to come into an even more serious question, and you'll get that valuation adjustment as a result. Sounds good. Now, taking at your page one column, taking a look at it like I do every morning to start the day, um, it's kind of a post lo- uh, post holiday uh, market that we have to be paying attention to. So you brought that up. Um, now we move into the real back half of the year with back to school and with the holidays and um, some kind of economic activity. What else should we be expecting? Should we expect like the China thing to weigh on the back half of the year? Um, the hurricane is that going to slow down economic activity? There's, there seems to be some boogeyman out there. When I when I'm starting to you know, say it out loud, so to speak. Well, there's not, you know, this thing right now, right? There's always uncertainty. That's just inherent in life, right? And even, you know, with the stock market, there's always questions about, you know, what you're going to get with respect to earnings growth, economic growth, you know, so on and so forth. But there is just this kind of pervasive sense right now that there's an an elevated sense of uncertainty around a a host of important issues surrounding monetary policy, fiscal policy, geopolitics, uh, interest rates, um, uh, and earnings, of course. And so, um, so you have a market that obviously had a, a huge run through the first half of the year, and uh, and I think now you're seeing sort of this uh, an appreciation for the idea that the quote easy money has been made, and it's going to be a lot more challenging to you know push this market higher with all of those you know pockets of uncertainty that are running deeper these days than they have seemed to have run in the past, and so that's why you're seeing these wide volatile swings you know from one day to the next, and I think that that's likely to be the fabric of what we see woven over the second half of the year, uh, assuming uh, the trade issue remains as, as uncertain as it is, and assuming you start to see uh, a continuation of, of the uh, softening economic data. <laughs> Sounds pretty good and pretty interesting. Um, anything that we should be looking forward to? I'm, I'm trying to like glom onto things like... Um, life after recession, election year, 5G's coming, and that's exciting. That's a nice thing that Business Insider does. Uh, reports on a lot of upcoming technology and story stocks, uh, the IPO markets for sure. Anything non-Trumpian that we can talk about for a minute? Well, the NFL is going to start uh, this week. You know, Bears beating the Packers, of course, on Thursday night. But aside from that... 
um, you know, you, you, I think you uh, uh, can, can I hopefully look forward to anyway to the resilience of the U.S. consumer uh, that's predicated on a, um, a labor market that remains in pretty good shape. Um, the question is, you know, how tolerant will the market ultimately be, though, for any uh, semblance of a turn in that? Uh, indicator. So even though you have initial claims that are near historic lows right now, if you start seeing those bump up, you know, ever so slightly, it's going to feed this idea that there's probably more bad news coming uh, that's going to uh, erode consumer confidence and potentially consumer spending. So I know that's not the the brightest of picture relevant to your question, um, sure. but we still no indication or strong indication yet that um, that the consumer is rolling over in the U.S. and uh, and so you can hopefully kind of continue to pin some hope on on the U.S. consumer hanging in there. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for joining me. Sorry, I'm not on my game today. Don't feel. Uh... I don't see a lot of optimism today, but there's always tomorrow, the way I put it. So thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a great, reliable source for domestic and international market news, content, insights, and much, much more. I can't possibly plug it in the short amount of time that I have, but everything from their week perspective that comes out on Fridays to their bond columns, which I, again, I'm not the biggest bond guy, the big picture page one. They've got a, a really nice little package of economic data that doesn't really take a rocket scientist to digest. It's, it's well done. You can find out more at briefing.com. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up. You can learn at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Hurricane Dorian. It's going to be pricey. Eating into the profits of many insurance companies. Oh, boy. Talking about a downer. Was watching a um, little late night TV with Bernie Sanders. Uh, talking about his health care plan and how everyone should have health care. And I don't like talking politics. That opens a can of worms. Or, you know, Bernie will say... Well, it's cheaper in Canada, so I'm taking a bus full of people up to Canada. Well, taxes and you know, political systems are different in Canada, just like they are around the world. So I don't like going into these arguments because I don't see pharmaceutical companies as big and evil. I think it's easy to. I can tell you that we're living longer, and a lot of the research that pharmaceutical companies are doing on super important things to me, like... Um, cancer? No, 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 no. Like erectile dysfunction. Super important issues of the day that need to be fixed. Pharmaceutical companies are pumping billions and billions and billions of dollars into. Not just erectile dysfunction, but diabetes. That may be personal to me. But it also is being pumped into cancer. Both common and uncommon type cancers. And then you kind of get into that... What else do they do? If you just look at the way they set up profit models in the United States versus other countries, you get angry. But if you start looking at like some of the things that they help solve, you get hopeful. So when, when you see something like the Ebola virus kill 200 people one year, and the next year they're like, we're about to eradicate it. You're like, uh, how did that happen? Good job of someone who pumped money into it, and someone who typically does. It's the 
pharmaceutical companies that are for profit. To me, it's just like colleges that are for profit. Is it a conflict? Yeah. Is it a necessary part of the system? Kind of feels like it to me. Now, I know someone's going to go Bernie Sanders on me and tell me how crazy I am, but I'm good with that. September is usually a bad month for the markets. Eh, I'm good with that. In theory, if I could, I would pump in. And I, pro- I could. I'm just too lazy to do it because I know that it wouldn't work out the year that I did. I could pump all my money into my 401k in the month of September when it pulls back. That wouldn't be a bad idea. But suddenly I'm market timing the market. And I'm like that creepy person on Scooby-Doo episodes where the mystery machine you know, rolls into town. And they, they see a gypsy on the side of the road. She's always got that maniacal gypsy laugh. Ah! And then suddenly you are you know hit with her curse. If I were a gypsy person and were able to read the future, I could tell you that September is going to be the worst month of the year. I, I would invest that way. But since I'm not a gypsy person who could read people's minds, I'm not a circus freak in any way, shape, or form. I don't. So, worthy of note, markets are down pretty big today. And they're all kind of reacting to... Um, the 10-year treasury saying danger, danger, hitting 1.45% this morning. Um, lower cost of money seems like it would be a stimulative thing for the world economies. But when you're marching towards zero, it's telling you, like, we don't see any growth or inflation. Therefore, we could support that 0% or even negative. So there's some warning signs out there. There's no doubt about it. The auto markets are not having their greatest year. I think we've put up boundaries to do in business worldwide so that maybe in the future we can make more margins and maybe have it be a little bit more fair which trust me if, if that's what part of the usa wants that's part of what the usa wants i don't speak for the people um the dow jones leads stocks lower on some weak data but also that escalating trade war and boeing is kind of the interesting stock today to me as far as the way it's reacting um, will they or won't they get the authority to unbench a plane that's super important to them? Um, that's a big one right now. So, and it looks like it's being kicked down the road as far as not going to happen anytime soon. Boeing stock sold off 3%. The Wall Street Journal has reported that 737 Max may be grounded into the upcoming holiday travel season. And with that said, it's it's starting to wear on shareholders. They're at a 50-day moving average, which basically, once it it's breaks through, it's basically going lower. In technical terms, it doesn't always play out like that. But right now, people are starting to give up, whereas people used to come in right at this level and buy. Twitter said the personal account of CEO Jack Dorsey is now secure after being hacked on Friday. That's not a good thing. Could you imagine if Zuckerberg's account was hacked and he's posting pictures on Facebook like, let's blow up the world. This is what we need to do now. The end is near. It took a long time for Twitter security to get control back of CEO's Jack Dorsey's account. And a lot of messages were being spewed out. What again it brings up is the need for authentication technology, right? Um, That's more than just passwords and such. Now, I don't know how he got hacked, but the big research story that I saw pegged to it was it took longer to get his account secured than it would for a nuclear missile to go around the country. 
So you start thinking about what if Trump gets hacked? Let, let's let's push Dorsey off a little bit and go. He's a really good looking man who goes on long walks at San Francisco Gate Piers with his little puppy. And people go, "Hey, isn't that a billionaire walking his little puppy?" Yes. What if a president gets it? Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Line, and Carnival. The three triumphant stocks that kind of creep me out in large uh, uh, veins. I'm not a cruise guy. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not a cruise guy. I fear getting stuck on a cruise with Kathy Lee Gifford, and she sings the whole time in my room. The cruise lines could see an estimated impact of five cents per share from Hurricane Dorian for the current quarter. It's hitting boom right in uh, cruise line uh, country, right? The Bermuda Triangle. So Carnival Norwegian Royal, affected all by weather. Amazon's had stock price raised $2,600 a share. They're calling it a reiterate outperformant RBC Capital Markets. They think positive impact of Amazon's new Prime One Day shipping initiative. Yes, sir. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.